I don't often listen to my own stuff once I've recorded it. I tend to be either rehearsing for a concert or writing some new stuff and recording some new stuff. So it's actually great fun um, thinking, oh, yeah, I remember that one. Well, that's how it goes. <laughs> um, you know, it's, uh, it's nice. I mean, some of it's nostalgic. Some of it's just reviewing some work of mine from, from years ago, you know. So it's a good experience. I like it. Welcome to this week's When They Was Fab. I'm Ed Chin. And I'm John Stone. Well, last week, as of this recording, was my birthday. And uh, <laughs> as I was just telling you, I went out and they have a really kind of cool virtual environment at the space station. So I, I went out to go out and experience this thing. And it was pretty cool from what you told me. You get the ability to, to look around through the space station and see the Earth, walk on the sky, something Yoko would have admired. <laughs> right. It is certainly as close as you can get to the holodeck from Star Trek uh, with our present technology, and it's a lot closer than you would have expected it to be. Here, here. I just, you know, I, I, you just have to look at this and go, and this is just the beginning of this technology. The reason I mention it here, uh, you know, we were talking about you know, could one put together a virtual experience using the 50 hours of footage that uh, we have from Michael Lindsay Hogg and that uh, has been edited together by Peter Jackson into a virtual, at least, you know, um, hours worth of get back. And I really believe you certainly could. Yeah. I mean, you could certainly duplicate the physical aspects of what was there, you know, where the drums were set up and how the, the place looked. Um, and uh, it would be different because, you know, there was a, a scaffold built at Apple for camera. It was always there, but it rarely was in the shot. That would be something you would experience. And then we uh, were talking about, you know, how, how deca- detailed would you want it? You know, um, could you sit down at the piano with Paul? (laughs) 
yeah, do do we want Paul to come in and actually record some video game style dialogue? <laughs> no, that's not right. What do you mean? <laughs> right. You know, you suggest lyrics to him, and, and and you get Paul to go off on a completely wrong turn. <laughs> Would but, you be uh, able to say, change that note? <laughs> And for Twickenham, the actual physical space that you're in as a human being is just about like Twickenham. So all they would really have to add in in the digital representative world is the cameras and people walking right. around. Well, and, and the tea and toast, of course. <laughs> that would be the role that I would play. I get to bring the tea and toast. Well, I mean, again, you've got crew people, you've got people manning this thing. And you're paying enough. You can have real toast and marmalade while you're in the virtual Twickenham. <laughs> I want to sit with John and Yoko during that interview. <laughs> <laughs> there was no enjoyment in it. You know, we wanted, if we're going to be Beatles, the only reason to be Beatles is to make music. You know? And not just to sort of be in a circus. Yeah. So you don't feel that... Maybe this time, if you went back, what with the emergence of the underground, places like the Fillmore East, Fillmore West, and the Avalon, uh, where people would go, and if it could be controlled in the right way, they would go and they would listen. And yeah, but stream. we've done that gig, you know. We, we did it in Liverpool, Hamburg, and everywhere, and we haven't got a strong enough compulsion to do that gig. Mm-hmm. We know where the CBC interviewer was, and we know where that room <laughs> was, so... And we know what John and Yoko shares. I mean, we know all of that. That could be built. That's funny. John, wake up. <laughs> yeah, you could see where John went off to go be sick. <laughs> the details of Beetledom. Anyway, that is not our topic. News-wise, Paul has announced a second show on Mother's Day in Oakland. And it looks like that may be the end of the shows for this round of the Got Back Tour. Doing it at 80, that's just incredible to me. He won't be 80 until just before Glastonbury. You know, he's close enough to be 80. (laughs) He's 79 and 7 eighths for the extent of this tour. And then he's going to turn 80 and play Glastonbury. Right. And of course, 80-year-old Ringo is also touring the country. He'll be 82 this year. The advantages of having money for that kind of health care. That's, <laughs> that's all I'll say to that. Or maybe rock and roll keeps you young. Let's certainly hope so. <laughs> Unless you're killed by outside forces. We won't go there. George was almost killed by outside forces, but he uh, he did manage to die of unnatural causes yeah. of his own making. Yeah, But these two are going strong. I mean, the fact that they're doing major tours at that age is... How many times did Frank Sinatra retire? And he didn't go that long. so It's a pretty amazing thing. Our topic for the day. Oh, we have a topic. Yeah, yeah we're not just meandering around. Well, we are <laughs> just meandering around, but, uh, but we do actually have a topic. We sort of sat down and said, what has Paul done since and including Run Devil Run? So we're talking about really the last 25-ish years of Paul's solo career. This is Paul McCartney, What Have You Done For Us Lately? We're going to go through that whole series of albums and talk about favorites and his good work. We had originally thought we would build a record itself, but then that kind of changed. So we, we, we really more sort of selected tracks, and certainly some of them could be arranged in a record. Oh, absolutely, I think. There is a clear opener amongst the songs that we picked, and there's a clear closer. So... 
everything else in the middle, everybody gets to work out themselves. For their own choices. But the diversity of what he's done, you know, you think he's kind of just worked in one style. Even just on the main release records, he's got pop, he's got the big ballad, he's got some really pretty hard rocking songs, and then he's got the avant-garde kind of weird stuff that he's done. Yeah. Without even mentioning his ballet and his Liverpool oratorio. Would you ever consider writing something for ballet? And I basically said yes. You know, there are other fine songs in these albums, but I think that if you took these songs that we're talking about, you'd have a pretty fine album. I think so. It can definitely be argued that this era that we're talking about is one of Paul's strongest, with one notable exception, which we'll get to here. He really hasn't done what I would consider a bad album since Flaming Pie. Right. Every album since then is at least good. They may not be your cup of tea, but they're all at least good. Yeah. And as I said, some really, really good songs. If the whole album doesn't necessarily deliver, that kind of goes back to something we talked about earlier, which is a single writer trying to come up with a full album of work with differing styles. And he's almost obligated to have a ballad because <laughs> he's so famous for it. And he's almost obligated to have a big sort of let it be style anthem. He pretty much has one of those on every album. There's certain things that I think he uh, feels like he has to hit for each album. Although he kind of only did that a little bit on Egypt Station. Uh, you know, a big emotional ballad. I don't know what you would say ticks off that box. On that album? On Egypt Station. Yeah. And we'll talk more, I guess, when we get to it. But the, we'll we'll plant that in your brains for now. <laughs> right. Right. So do you, you so, want to start with the first album or the song? Yeah, let, let's start with the album. And then we'll we'll note, like I say, we, we certainly have mentioned that there's a first and a last. And we may have side changes as we go along right. here. Yeah, let's start with the first album that is Flaming Pie. And my choice is the, the single itself, Flaming Pie. And uh, that could be used to start the record, you know, with that piano intro. You know, it would be a good beginning. So I think there's another one that's better. It's kind of Lady Madonna-ish. And then, of course, there's the obvious reference to, to John and the man on the flaming pie. Right. But it's a really good song. It's in and out. You know, it's just two and a half minutes. Right. First of all, I would like to tell everybody, try this at home. You know, this is, <laughs> this is a, a, a cool little exercise. And, and I like flaming pie. I, I, I support that song but off that album i could not leave off little willow because i think that's just a beautiful melody yeah and it was uh, written for maureen starkey yeah it's such a sad song i mean one thing that paul has gotten better at doing during this period is is writing sad songs because sad songs say so much no no that's that other guy i think really the only thing that really happened because most of the time uh, you don't get, I don't get that moved, because I'm, I'm thinking of words. You know, it's like an actor in a very sort of dramatic part. You're really thinking of your next line. You're trying to remember where I walk next. You know, there's a lot of that goes on. He's tapped into the melancholy a little bit more as he's gotten older. Yeah. Emotions that he's feeling that he can express, as opposed to, you know, he's really good at story songs and characters. But knowing this is about Maureen, you know, it's a really emotional song. But really, it's a 
great melody. I love the live campfire version of Little Willow on the video that comes with the Flaming Pie Deluxe. It's Paul at the campfire, just him, and you can actually hear the crackles of the fire as he's playing the song. It's just gorgeous. It is because it's a great song, but the studio version, what he does with his voice is memorable. And then, of course, what we didn't know at the time, what we certainly know now is that that was when Linda was in the worst throes of her cancer. Right. Was when he was writing and recording that. And the, the video that goes with Little Willow is... It, Which is very clearly a Linda-inspired yeah. video. Yeah. It's the mother who has cancer and, and the kids having to go on without her. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And his experience as well with his mom. Great song. So I would choose two of those songs. And you can't go wrong with probably half a dozen songs off of Flaming Pie. I mean, the only ones that I wouldn't choose for a record like this are the jams with Steve Miller. If someone wants to choose Beautiful Night for this collection, I would have no problem with that. Right. That's a great song. That's one of those Let It Be big ballad type uh, songs. Yeah. Paul and Ringo playing together again. You know, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. But neither of us chose that. No. (laughs) Which goes to show there's other really good work in any one of us would you know choose things that appeal to us specifically and you could create a a different album and on a different day we may (laughs) choose different things we'll come back to this (laughs) yeah so so okay the next record linda had passed and then paul took a little hiatus but he came back with the run devil run album right i like that album a lot it's got a lot of copy material i think there's only four songs on it that he wrote was it even that many? I thought it was only two or three. I'm always hungry for it. How can anyone ignore it? Surely everybody will agree. That you are one of the answers to make the power go around the sky. Oh, yeah, you got what it takes to make me proud to be who I am. You see, I love you so much. Sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong I can't help it if I don't know the song All day I try to be a man Help me to do it, show me the plan The song that I would choose to open our little album would be Run Devil Run. And that would also be a a wonderful choice as a side. Yeah. We could open side one with Run Devil Run and side two with Flaming Pie. Right. I would be happy with that. Paul still had the Little Richard vocal. That hadn't started to deteriorate yet. Yeah, it's a well-written rocker. It's not too clever, but it's clever. Yeah, the only rocker of his of, of recent era that I like as much, if not more, is Get Out of My Way. I always love that song. 
I mean, that's from before the year we're talking about, but right. that was always a really cool little rocker to me. But no, Run Devil Run is great. Run Devil Run is one of those songs that I had mentioned before. You know, Paul sort of had this ghost Linda on the album. On that song in particular, you can hear when he goes into the backing, he's singing a la Linda. Yeah, the harmonies on the chorus. Uh, you know, say you want to run, and then, you know, it goes up high like yeah. that, and it's like, you know, he he'd clearly written that to be like Linda. Yeah. It was a wings kind of harmony. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, but, uh, but I also have a couple songs on this album that I really, really love. The one is What It Is. It's like an old 50s song that he wrote that really swings. <laughs> so I would put that on there. And really my absolute favorite on the album was a copy song, um, which is No Other Baby. No Other Baby was a strange track because I didn't have a record of it. I didn't know who'd recorded it or who'd written it. But I knew I loved the song from late 50s. And so that was one I pulled out of my envelope. Said, anyone know this? And I said, no, because really nobody knew it. I barely knew it. But I just remembered it. I remembered the verses. It's such a simple song. And I'd always wanted to do it. We used to do it at sound checks, actually, on the, on the, on the tour. We used to do it. I found out lately that it was recorded by an English group who were like a skiffle group. It was before rock and roll for us here. And it, they were called the Vipers. They were like a favorite little skiffle group of ours. Funny, though, I was talking to George Martin on the phone the other day. And I said, I was telling him about No Other Baby. I said, we even did this song. I said, I have no idea who even did it. I've, I've since found out it was by the Vipers, you know. And I suddenly realized when I was talking to George, I said, wait a minute, George, you recorded the Vipers? He said, yes, I did. I said, well, this song's called No Other Baby. How's it go? He said, well, I said, I don't want no other. He said, oh, yes, I remember it. So it turned out, talk about coming full circle. George actually recorded the original Thing. I knew yeah. I knew that song, and yeah. I couldn't think from where. Yeah, I think. But how'd you know the words if you couldn't get? I just remembered them. You know, I don't want no other baby view. That's easy. There's only only a couple of verses. I just happened to remember them. His version is so good. The video is so good. Great song. So I, I picked three for that. Then if I'm gonna pick another, I love the Brown Eyed Handsome Man. Right. That's a Chuck Berry song. Although he's doing it more a la Buddy Holly. Right. Paul has done far too little Buddy Holly in in his career. For the amount that Buddy Holly influenced him. You know, it, he seems to throw in more his influences than actually sort of trying to do a pastiche. He'll do an Elvis pastiche or he'll do a Chuck Berry pastiche. But, uh, you know, maybe he just considers he holds Buddy in too high a regard. Could be. That's another one where the video is great. Right. The nuns and the... <laughs> The Nazis and the various other people joining together and, and line dancing together. <laughs> right. Both funny and with a purpose behind it. So we picked four from that album. We picked one, but there's three others that we would consider. And then again, you know, if someone uh, really wants to go with a rocker, they could go with, uh, what is it, Shake a Hand? Yeah. You know, that's a really good rocker. Yeah. But again, I agree with you. That whole album is great. It really is. It, it should have done better than it did. And the fact that he had David Gilmore with him playing guitar. Yeah. Kind of a live band. Yeah. Well, not only that, he went out to the cavern at the turn of the millennium and actually played almost the whole album live. Wow. 
we're talking about some other things we may do as shows. I mean, we're we're probably going to do a uh, a review of the concert for Linda, which was, and that was the introduction to some of this Run Devil Run band stuff. Cool. <laughs> so let's see, what's the next record here after Driving Rain? Ah, uh, well, okay. So Paul sort of got over Linda as, as much as he could. Uh, he he went off and. Uh, met the second Mrs. McCartney. Right. <laughs> I, I think we we don't have that much to say about uh, Heather Mills. It was not a good pairing, I guess. It was the definition of a rebound relationship. Yeah, I think certainly Paul, but probably the both of them would say the only good thing that came out of that was their daughter. Right, which is the way of the world. I mean, you know, the, the children that come out of those situations are always a blessing, but I don't think it was happy for him. And this particular album, it breaks the streak. I I think I picked something because I felt like I had to pick something from every album, but none of it is really a favorite. Although I do like the song I picked. It's not great. There are a couple of pretty good songs on there. And then there's a couple of just abysmal songs to, to take a second to go off on the other side uh, you know, I mentioned it on the show, and, and I think you feel the same. Freedom is just, it's not only a terrible song, it's an ugly song. Yeah, well, it, it's of the emotion at the time, and they're holding a concert really quick, and so it's, I don't know. Given pipes of peace for Paul to write something like that is, I guess it just goes to show that we all have it inside of us. It, that's not something John Lennon would have done. And, and in fact, you'll notice that Yoko Ono kept her mouth shut during that entire time. Yeah. Doing the concert for New York was a good thing, but the song itself, well, anyway. Yeah. So what song did you pick from Driving Rain, Ed? I chose From a Lover to a Friend, which is not a bad song, although <laughs> I was listening through to my playlist earlier today that's the one that i actually wanted to hit the skip button on but i didn't it's very much in the mccartney ballad mode he tries to do interesting stuff in the middle but it kind of doesn't work (laughs) right it's okay i tend to agree if we were putting this together as a commercial thing and if paul were putting this together he would just forget driving rain altogether <laughs> probably although the song i picked i, I like riding into japur and I, I think i like it mainly because it's indian style it's fun to see him in that mode which we always attribute to george and the melody's cool because mccartney can just write a great melody so i, I liked it as as the recording but i would be with paul let's move to the next one <laughs> <laughs> i do have to say that driving rain is n- the song itself is not terrible, except for those lyrics. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, let's go for a drive. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, let's go there and back again. All together now. Well, there's all together now, and then we talked about I'll Be On My Way. <laughs> this this challenges either of those for being uh, dreadful on the lyrics side. The tune is okay. You know, it's a, it's a not reasonably nice poppy tune, but... You got to be embarrassed just to put have someone hear those lyrics. Yeah, it, <laughs> it strikes me. You know, if Paul would have brought that in the studio, John would have been like, "What are you going to do the lyrics?" <laughs> so, at least thankfully for his creativity, uh, Paul and the second Mrs. McCartney separated, and his next record 
is a brilliant record. Pretty good. Possibly his best record out of all of these that we're talking about here. Uh, Chaos and Creation in the Backyard. <laughs> and it was so hard to actually pick a single record. And in fact, I didn't pick just one. Right. I went your route and I chose a couple. English Tea, just because it's Paul doing the ruddles. <laughs> right. The lyrics are smart. Paraventure we might play. Right. And he knows his own reputation. Very twee, very me. <laughs> any Sunday morning, but it's a great song. It might as well be Penny Lane in the song that he's written, the tune. Yeah, it's a good song. That's my first choice. And then because on these compilation type albums, I always like to get some rarities. So I chose the single, which, well, is still not available in any physical format, and it is not available on Apple Music, Summer 59. (laughs) So all of you guys know this song? Well, it is on YouTube. talking about that paul didn't do buddy holly enough this to me at least kind of has that buddy holly feel to it yeah it's jangly 50s and and it's also a genre that he would dig deeper into uh, what comes immediately to mind is you know on my way to work that's another song which is kind of in the same mold yes but you go back you know the lyrics are kind of reminiscent of ballroom dancing uh you know, girls turn into women. Yeah. Yeah. It may not be one of the best tracks, although I would have put it on the chaos album, but, uh, it's a rare track and I like it a lot. So, right. Well, the song that I picked was, uh, Jenny Wren. I like that style that 
McCartney plays. The faux Travis yeah, <laughs> Right. And I like the melody. It several times goes in a place I wouldn't have expected, and I end up liking that. Pretty much any choice off of that record is going to be a good choice. Yeah, a lot of good tunes. There's more or less no bad songs on Chaos and Creation. And if you're looking for a video, I was watching the uh, Chaos and Creation and Abbey Road. Paul really needs to put that out as a legal release, at least as a streaming release. He goes into Abbey Road and he actually plays through a lot of these songs live. He does a number of other little cool things. He, he shows you how he did the band on the run with the water glasses in the studio. And it's like, oh, well, that's cool. So when he gets around to releasing this package... <laughs> We want that on the video disc. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're ending side one. What we decided was, well, we're not going to represent all of his other work. And by other work, we mean there's the classical. So there's the Liverpool Oratorio. There's Ocean's Kingdom. There's Songs for Linda, uh, which has a great piano piece, although it, it would be wildly out of place on this record. Right. Standing Stone. Twin Freaks. And then there's the Three Firemen records and Liverpool Sound Collage. So we kind of said, here's nine separate records. We're going to pick at least one representative track off of these. (laughs) And that was? Uh, Well, for me, I chose what is the most poppy track off of there, Free Now. You know, it starts with George from the infamous Think For Yourself overdub session. The bit that John finally got just after that, then we'll do both of the do what you want to do, 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 do what you want to do. And then then it goes into almost a a trance like vocal. And then in the middle where the guitar solo would be. Sounds of the Mersey Tunnel. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And that is how I would end side one of the record. For the Carnival of Light. That is where Carnival of Light would have gone. (laughs) Right. Um, very cool. What was your choice? It was tough. It's hard to pick. I I like the fireman stuff, but it's hard for me to go. That's the thing I like. Well, I mean, Paul himself decided on highway. I mean, that's what he played live off of the fireman record. Uh, That was a good choice. Let's go with that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You'll, you'll listen to Paul. Uh, He did another one. What was the other track he did from the fireman album? Oh, I have no idea. Live. Oh, hi. Uh, We're lucky enough now to get a second song and uh, performing something from his most recent album, Electric Arguments, which you recorded as the fireman. Please welcome, once again, Paul McCartney, everyone.
he liked to do two songs from his current album, and when the third Fireman album was his current album, he picked a couple off of that. And the third Fireman album is much more a conventional McCartney album than the first two. If you can call it that, yeah. Now, the first two are much more sort of bits and pieces, ambient music, running around, Paul being the guy from the 60s, reminding you that he was the one who was avant-garde all the time. <laughs> right. The first Fireman record where when you pulled the CD up, you had a naked girl on the uh, the inner sleeve of the CD. I don't know how that would play these days. We now flip on to the second side of the disc. We come to the more modern McCartney. McCartney has a couple of different live records, so I made a choice off of one of the live records. For reasons uh, that it is kind of rare, it was only on the vinyl re-release of the full Amoeba concert, and I just really like it. I went with this band's version of coming up live at Amoeba. Right. <laughs> you don't think that we have room for that. You don't think that that's quite a fair choice. Well, I just feel like, you know, that's really a 1980s song. And, you know, recognizing that no other babies from the 50s, it just seemed to me like, uh, okay, there's all his new work. I will give you that, but he did have a couple of live albums, and I wasn't really going to choose the, the version of Eleanor Rigby off of <laughs> the Live in New York album. Right. It's like, oh, okay. The other thing we could have chosen is uh, something that he did with Billy Joel, The Last Play at Shea. Right. You know, he did a couple songs there, which are old Beatles songs, but at least it's set in, in a new context. Yeah. But... But you want you want to leave off the live stuff entirely. You can have coming up. I just didn't pick it. So next is what? Memory Home is Full, which I think is a great album. I, I like it a lot, but it also gets a little bit weird. You know, songs like House of Wax, it's like, eh. It's a good song, but I'm not sure whether I like it or not. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's the, the whole thing of appealing to a, a wide audience. It's like, well, there's some stuff that I'm going to do that you're not necessarily going to like, but... There are going to be some things you do like, rather than you're going to like everything on this album, because he takes some chances. And in fact, I did pick two songs off of here, one of which I think we're going to leave off until the very end, because, well, it's a song that we, we will have to talk about at the close of this record. <laughs> right. The first song that I chose off of Memory Almost Full is Dance Tonight. It's another one of those memorably poppy McCartney songs. Yes. It kind of grew on me when I first heard it, I thought. Oh, that's kind of simplistic, and then I liked it. So I would agree with you on that song. Anyway, there's a guitar shop that I always drop in on the way down this street. And I went in and was chatting to the guy in there. He mentioned that he had a left-handed mandolin. With this little instrument at home over the holiday, I started doing this little stomping in the kitchen, you know, and just enjoying myself, trying to find chords. 
And then I started, everybody's gonna dance tonight. Yeah, yeah, and just got that little thing going. And every time I did, my little three-year-old girl came running in, started dancing. So I fell in love with this song and the whole idea of the mandolin and the um, whole kind of hoedown aspect. And eventually it kind of wrote itself, just took a couple, few more words in it. I thought, I'm just going to keep it simple. Everybody's going to dance around, everybody's going to stamp the feet, everybody's going to feel the beat, you know, not try and get too deep. And I say I liked it so much that I just thought, I've got to record this. So I ran in quickly and did it. And then we stuck it on the album as it seemed like a, a good atmospheric opening. Good video. The stomping on there, I like that. And and then, of course, the thing about the video, uh, that's Gondre. The fact that all those effects were done live. Oh, yeah. None of that was post-production. That's pretty cool. Pre-VR, pre-Oculus. <laughs> right. Where he was just using mirrors and glass and fake rooms and challenging your depth perception to make this illusion look real. And it does look real. It's great. Good choice. I also picked Ever Present Past. Another good one. Paul is increasingly becoming a man to write about his own past. The other one that's on this record is Vintage Clothes. Yeah. This record in particular, but really... As each album comes, he tends to look back just a little bit more, more on each disc. More self-aware, <laughs> or at least he puts it in his music where it didn't before. But I also like, you know, I think Ever Present Past is a good record. Great parts that fit together. Another great video as well. Yes, Paul McCartney dancing. Paul McCartney dancing and Paul McCartney playing it being Robert Plant. <laughs> Very stylized looking female dancers. You know, not quite like Robert Plant. Maybe a little bit less sexist, although they are in probably equally skimpy outfits. Paul doesn't really dance, per se. And so, but he does certain movements. And so he did all these things, and somebody choreographed the dancers to mimic his moves so that, you know, it looks more like an actual thing. Uh, there's a making of video out there on YouTube. to his track, um, we filmed it, we studied it, we dissected it, and then we copied every single little movement that he did, we broke it down and then gave the dancers counts and did it that way. And they actually show Paul going around by them by himself and then the dancers coming in and doing it without Paul. Yeah. You just learn it and do it and dance it, whereas this you've got to kind of, it's more about gestures and natural movement. Yeah. It's just, he's got like this, his hand in the pocket like, little swagger and then he does this little head movement thing which is it's all really really subtle which is nice because on mass when there's 16 people doing it it looks really really effective we can only compare it to gotta sing gotta dance oh do we have to well that's the only other time that i can really remember paul actually going out there and dancing yeah although there's some when he does uh what's that song in broad street oh the silly love songs and then we can't forget your mother should know oh gosh he's much more of a dancer than i ever thought well i mean there were enough clips that they could put together something for that mccartney three preview video and in my head i've always seen mccartney dance to you gave me the answer to love <laughs> Italy. Which he only sort of did. <laughs> yeah. So 
There's another song on this album, but we're going to hold it to the end. He had gone back on the road. Nancy had come into his life at this right. point. And so he actually seems to have been of higher spirits at this period in his career. Yes, although it had been five years since he'd put out an album. Yeah, he's starting to slow down some, I think, in, in his prolificness and in his production. Although he's always writing and always doing something. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, Kisses on the Bottom came out in 2012. And New came out in 2013. But Kisses on the Bottom is primarily a old standards. Did you like him going and pulling up Diana Krall and, and getting the Sinatra Orchestra and doing the Great American Songbook, as it were? No. No. <laughs> Not your cup of tea, huh? Not my cup of tea. I like the record. I've come to like my Valentine, and that would have been great on Sentimental Journey. up all my cares and woe here i go singing low bye bye black where somebody waits for me sugar is sweet so is she bye bye black you know it, it was all right but i really liked new so I really like New as well, but uh, to get through Kisses, uh, my choice off of that was the re-record of Baby's Request. Now, you might, once again, call foul on that because, <laughs> well, that was a Wings track. But I like the orchestral, big feel version of it more than I like the Wings version. Right. It is what the song should be. If I had to pick just one, that's the one i pick. I picked my Valentine because he wrote it, but I do like, I'm going to sit right down and write myself a letter. It's always been a favorite song of mine. So, An inchworm. He takes it a little bit slower, and he seems to be enjoying it. Because he didn't get out of his system with Mary Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of sentimental journey, both Ringo and Paul did a version of... <laughs> Bye. Where somebody waits for me Sugar sweet and so is she Bye, bye Blackbird Now Paul's voice is Probably not in the best shape to have been singing these. It would have been better if he'd done this record a couple of years earlier. Yeah, probably. Although I actually like the live version more than I like the actual studio version. Because, you know, he went and actually did the whole thing live on the internet and then put that out as live kisses. Yeah. I prefer that version to the studio version. You know, why is it that I don't like the title of the album? I know where it comes from. A lot of kisses on the bottom. I'll be glad I've got them. You don't like Paul being a joker. No, he can be funny <laughs> when he's funny. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, it's great. It's the best he could come up with. <laughs> <laughs>
Neither of our favorites, but uh, I like it a little bit more than you do. The majority agrees with you. <laughs> well, Kisses is one that a lot of people tend to just sort of pass by, but I think it's worth a listen. In particular, there are a couple of tracks here. I like the baby's request. If you like the song off of Back to the Egg and want to hear it done in a different style, I much prefer the way that he does it here. I'm, I'm a big fan of that song. I think that's one of his better songs. So Paul went on and married Nancy. Yay! Because yeah, she was new. That then led to his next album, and that was new. New was Paul going out and showing Nancy and showing off to the world. It's like, I'm still here. There's a lot of chances taken that work out. And, I mean, when I first heard one of my picks, Queenie Eye, I thought, okay, you know, uh it's it's that whole thing of my youth that he was kind of concentrating on and but i've really come to like that song it, it really works for me we both pick queenie i as one of our choices off of right New. and of course that's about queenie epstein and <laughs> wow well, no 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 well it, there may have been a reference to that in there somewhere <laughs> As we all know now, Queenie Eye was a reference to a game they used to play right, as children. Right. And they had quoted it before, you know, O-U-T spells out. <laughs> right. I still don't quite understand this game. I, I guess one team turns their back, the guy throws the ball, and then one of the kids catches it, and then they all have to try and figure out who caught the ball. Uh, okay. That's kind of the way I understand this game, but uh, I, I'm still not sure if I got it right. Right. I mean, it's a children's game, but still. Yeah. It, it reminds me of a Brian Wilson song. Yeah, I, I can see that. The underwater effects, the vague gurgling, and, you know, I like all of that. And it's a good tune. Yeah. It, it goes places you don't expect. And that's one of the things about interesting music is that, uh, you know, you took that chance and, oh, that works. So he, he does that on that song a lot. And then, then the whole new album, although we didn't pick any other choices from it, there was a lot of great stuff on that record. New, the title track, I really like that. I do too. I do. In fact, that, that's on my list of other songs from that album to pick. I like Appreciate. I like his vocal on it. Good melody. And Save Us. Yeah. He played that live, and that's a nice little rocker. I think he was trying to write Get Back again. <laughs> I like Get Back better, but I, I like the song. I like the idea. Right. And I like Alligator. And the aforementioned On My Way to Work. So, I mean, you know, everybody out there is is one of those call and respond chant songs of McCartney's. Yeah. There's only one or two songs that we don't really love. But on the whole, it was a very good album. In 2013, you know, that's relatively recent work looking at his whole career. We say that, and next year is the 10th anniversary of New. I know. It won't be due. He'll release it as a box set and call it Not So New. <laughs> I would like that. <laughs> McCartney Archive. Okay, then we get to his, his uh, almost most recent album, Egypt Station. Egypt Station is one that's kind of hard to pick a single song from. I like a lot of the songs, but I don't love a lot of the songs off of Egypt Station. Yeah, I'll sing along with Fa You, <laughs> but it's kind of silly. It makes me giggle. I just want to you. <laughs> the whole thing, well, I'm back in Brazil, you know, Ichiban, Ichiban, or people want peace, especially given the situation we're in, that ends up sounding a little bit naive lyric-wise. Right. I like all these songs, but I'm not so sure that I love them. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. Come on to me is somewhat engaging, but it's not great. I almost picked Frank Sinatra's Party, one of the songs off of the singles. That's a neat little song, and that's also a rarity in as much as it's not on an album, although it is on the big suitcase version of uh, Egypt Station, and it is on Apple iTunes, but I didn't choose it. Right. We had the greatest time at Frank Sinatra's party. We drank expensive wine, then watched the night go by. And that was a song which, well, the tune existed back to the Wings days. He just wrote some lyrics for it. But the one I did choose is Do It Now. That's heartfelt. Let's kind of put it there, part two. It's another song based on one of Jim Mack's sayings. Paul is putting himself into it. Right. So what was your choice? Confidant. Also a really good song. I like the backstory, the the guitar under the stairs. Yeah. And you used to be my confidant. But even without it, it's, it's a nice tune. It is. Typical McCartney. But uh, it's nice, and I know there's one more album in my head. I thought, sort of, there's that one, and then there's the one we picked as the last song. So, and we've also got three Imagine, which if you want to include one, you can. But I also chose uh, one of the singles off of Egypt Station. I said I wasn't going to, but I did end up choosing uh, Nothing for Free. That's a really nice song. That's a song that deserved to have been on the album. Yeah, better than some of the songs which did make it. But it's catchy. It's it's as rocking as Paul gets these days. Yeah. And and he's got, he's got a pretty good vocal on there. Nothing for Free is a great track. Well, it's a very good track. I won't say it's a great track. <laughs> I like it more than I like a lot of the stuff which made the album. And I like Egypt Station. Yeah. Some things are confusing as to how release choices are made. But You know, I, I listened to Egypt Station back again this week. And it's like, yeah, I, I like this album. I don't love it, but I yeah. like it. That then moves us on to McCartney 3. My choice off of there was Lavatory Lil. Paul's having so much fun there. And when you listen to the three imagined version of Lavatory Lil, you can see how the song is kind of slight, but it's Paul's playing and vocalizing, which make it work. And whether or not it is about the second Mrs. McCartney, which it, well, it might be, uh, <laughs> you know, the scathing lyrics. Could be about somebody. It's a track that I like, and uh, you know I like the soccer hooligan chanting that Paul does behind it, and the playing is just off enough to match his vocal. <laughs> it's intentional. Right. It's not perfect, but it's not perfect intentionally. Yeah, it's a fun song. And remembering he did it all himself, so you know. Yeah, exactly. You have a choice. You know, my favorite song of this album is "When Winter Comes." Which, again, is an old song. It's a, it's a Flaming Pie track, which he resurrected. Are you saying it's not eligible? No. <laughs> you accepted Baby's request. I will give you When Winter Comes, but it was largely recorded during the Flaming Pie days, and he only just sort of cleaned it up for McCartney 3. Right. Well, I like it. <laughs> I, I like it as well. It's one of those ram kind of, I want to be a gentleman farmer fixing the chicken coops and keeping the hands out and you know it's an update of heart of the country yeah exactly Um, you know it's him kind of looking back on uh, his life with linda on the farm he represented that very well in the lyric video yeah it's good 
the lyric video and, and the full animated video for that matter. Did, did you pick anything from Three Imagine? No, although there is one that I like. I think it's Find My Way. The Beck Find My Way? That, that's, that's what I chose off of Three Imagine. I'm not going to choose one of the total remakes when you know, I was talking about the Lavatory Lil. That is a complete cover that uses very little of the McCartney recording of Lavatory Lil, and it's much worse for it. But Find My Way is the other way. It's pretty much just a straight remix, although Beck did add a little bit of instrumentation. Right. He sort of turns it into Good Night Tonight Part 2. <laughs> My choice on Reimagined was Seize the Day by... Uh... Phoebe Bridges. Yeah, that's it's got some different lyrics. It's a different take on it, but it actually does use some of the original as well. Yeah, uh, it's just it's a good piece of work. So that's the one I, I picked. This brings us to the the song which will have to close this compilation. There's there's no other track that could go at the end of the set, but the end of the end from Memory Almost Full. Yeah. song melodically paul has very rarely put open his heart laid his thoughts bare and he does so here he he isn't one to talk about mortality you know he did have But this is a different kind of beast. Yeah. It's a celebration of going. It's the way that we would all hope that people would remember us after we leave this plane of existence. It's refreshing to hear that Paul McCartney has those same concerns. Yeah. We know what it'll be like after Paul passes. I mean, you know, we've been through it twice. Right. At least to the public view, it'll probably be much the same, but even more so. Paul knows what his family and how his family will react when he passes, but to put all of that into song. Yeah. It's a heartbreaking song, but it's also one which makes you feel better. Yeah. I'd want that in my wake. <laughs> stories to unfold. As they listen to the older folks tell their stories, 
And those are the stories that they'll remember when they're gone. And that's a, a beautiful sentiment. It's not a sloppy lyric. He spent the time to get that just yeah. right. It would have to be chosen for a collection like this, and it would have to be the final song on the record. Have to be. <laughs> There's not much else you could do about it. Right. What's going to follow? <laughs> if this were a CD, I would probably have some jokey secret track after it. <laughs> right. Do the Her Majesty thing. And I don't know what I would choose, but something a little bit fun, a little bit funny to bring things completely back around at the end of the record. Right. Well, well, we'll leave that to you all. Exactly. There you go. That's our thoughts. Uh, come on to our Facebook group. Let us know what you think. I mean, you know, I'm sure you all have your own thoughts about what would you do to put together a 15, 20 song compilation of, again, not necessarily the best, but either representative or just what you like the most from Flaming Pie through to, well, where we're at now, Three Imagine. Right. I'm sure some of you are like, I cannot believe you didn't mention this song. So, yeah, let us know what you think. Well, we tried to mention a lot, and I mean, you know, we did talk just a little bit about some of these different records. I, I do think we're probably due to actually talk about some of these records. One of our thoughts before we came up with this topic was, let's just sit around for an hour and trash driving rain. <laughs> but some people like that record, believe it or not. They're entitled. Well, maybe it, it just wasn't written for me. Or me. Right. But Heather must have gotten something out of it. So, Considering the way their marriage ended, she probably wishes the record didn't exist either these days. Right. Probably not. But nonetheless, that's where we're at. We don't have a topic for next week. We'll come up with one. Take care, enjoy, and let us know what you come up with yourself. We'll be back next week. Subscribe to When They Was Fab on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or wherever finer podcasts are found. Please join our Facebook group, and we can be reached at When They Was Fab and on Gmail. The opening theme was written, produced, and recorded by Jay Young Kim, Feaster Famine Studios, San Francisco, California. I'm imagining you in this car ride with this magic playlist and you're you're heading down the the highway. Uh, is there one song that you would love to hear come up in your playlist? Jenny Wren is uh, a kind of interesting song. I tell you one thing, there's sickness going on and there's some good people doing work in hospitals but they got no bread to do it on. Not only are they working in a miserable condition with sick people, but they're, they're scraping the barrel for funds to keep going. Turned up nice again.